Isaiah chapter 48, verses 12 through 22. Listen to me, O Jacob, and Israel whom I called. I am he. I am the first and I am the last. My hand laid the foundation of the earth and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I call to them, they stand forth together. Assemble all of you and listen. Who among them has declared these things? The Lord Yahweh loves him. He shall perform his purpose on Babylon and his arm shall be against the Chaldeans. I, even I, have spoken and called him. I have brought him and he will prosper in his way. Draw near to me, hear this. From the beginning, I have not spoken in secret. From the time it came to be, I have been there. And now the Lord God has sent me and his spirit. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord Yahweh, your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your offspring would have been like the sand and your descendants like its grain. Their name would never be cut off or destroyed from before me. Go out from Babylon, free from Chaldea. Declare this with a shout of joy. Proclaim it. Send it out to the end of the earth. Say, the Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. They did not thirst when he led them through deserts. He made water flow for them from the rock. He split the rock and the water gushed out. There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Well, we're wrapping up Isaiah 48 today, and it's a warmer passage. We are are getting to um, God's redemption from judgment. And, you know, an interesting thing here, there's a, a pretty clear reference to the Exodus uh, here mm-hmm. at the end of the passage. Yep. Talking about God, you know, leading his people through the desert, uh, not thirsty, and making water flow from the rock. So, mm-hmm. you know, a big moment. And I think Exodus, we, we talk about this a decent amount, but it's worth reiterating that Exodus references should always make our ears perk up hmm. because it's a defining moment, maybe the defining moment for the people of Israel's global identity hmm. um, in the beginning of the story. And then when Jesus's ministry is beginning to apex, there's that very paramount moment on the Mount of Olives where we call it the transfiguration, you know, Jesus' appearance has changed and Moses and Elijah appear and um, Peter, James, and John are there. And we are told that Jesus was speaking with Moses Mm -hmm. and Elijah about his exodus that he was about to accomplish. And so it's huge that, you know, Jesus there ties his death and resurrection to the exodus uh, at the beginning of the Pentateuch or towards the beginning of the Pentateuch. And here we are in the middle of that, and God is kind of pointing forward and backwards, referring to the right. Exodus. So that's yeah. pretty significant. But Barrett, uh, you know, we're talking about Chaldea, or Chaldea, however you pronounce it. And we're talking about exile. We're talking about redemption. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this passage? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm glad that you pointed out the the uh, obvious Exodus reference in in verse 21 and 22. 
um, and, and then t- tying that into Jesus and his ministry, Exodus is such a defining moment. I mean, it is it is the defining moment for the people of Israel because they leave Exodus. Uh, sorry, they leave Egypt. Um, they have the Exodus and leave Egypt, mm-hmm. and it is at that point that God calls them to Himself, mm-hmm. and particularly in Exodus nineteen verses five and six. And you can see there that God calls him to himself. He says, you will be a, a holy people and you'll be a kingdom of priests and you will be my treasure possession. And so mm-hmm. it's a very clear that, you know, out of all the peoples in the world, God is choosing Israel. And he's not just choosing them as like a favorite pet. <laughs> he's choosing them to see salvation extend to the ends of the earth, like yeah. through this people. Yeah. And that's very specifically why he chose them. Um, but I mean, even in, even in Jesus' day, um, when, you know, and you mentioned the transfiguration, but even the very week that Jesus is being crucified, that is Passover week. Mm. Passover was instituted in Egypt, mm-hmm. you know, when the, when they killed the animal and, yeah. and that whole, the whole ceremony of like choosing a lamb on the 10th day and observing that lamb for four days to make sure that it was a, a spotless, a spotless animal, mm-hmm. uh, unblemished. And then, you know, on that 15th day, they would actually sacrifice it. And, you know, they, uh, we all know the story, but they put the blood over the doorposts and all that. And that, and, and it was, uh, so Jesus's uh, journey to the cross is mirroring mm-hmm. everything that happened in the Exodus. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there, um, and, and I mean, you have a similar type theme that's going on here. I mean, we remember from, you know, the past ODRs that in, in this, in this, uh, you know, Isaiah 40 to 55, we're talking about the Babylonian exile. And here we get a glimpse of the, you know, this kind of Exodus moment that Mm -hmm. is being prophesied by Isaiah. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, this is one of these passages where you could come to this and preach on this and have a very like flowery feeling uh, coming to this passage, Mm -hmm. but it needs to be seen in light of, you know, kind of everything that's going on. Uh, because Israel, Isaiah is prophesying that Israel is going to be in a very dark place at this point. They've done terrible things, but God does not leave his people behind. And he has promised that he is, he is going to eventually vindicate them. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a whole lot that can be said about when that vindication actually takes place. I think ultimately it happens uh, not until Jesus gets on the scene. However, you know, he does end up freeing them yeah. from the hands of Babylon mm-hmm. through, you know, through, through King Cyrus of, of Persia. And, um, and so he doesn't leave his people behind. And I think that's, I, I think, so this is a theme that we see in the Bible is this, you know, the, the people of God kind of come under this uh, oppression of, of foreign nations. Mm-hmm. And then there's this Exodus moment where, where Yahweh, the God of Israel, mm-hmm. comes and visits them again, mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting if you look at the Old Testament and how these are foreign nations. It's Egypt, it's Babylon for the Northern Kingdom. It was Assyria. Mm-hmm. So it, there's these foreign kingdoms that are that are kind of these like foreboding, uh, you know, terrible kingdoms that are that are you know, this, these dark clouds over the, the people of Israel. And I think that what it's actually foreshadowing ultimately is that in Jesus's day, when he's going to come to the cross and then God is going to 
turn away from him and then come and visit him and resurrect him that he is, it's this new kind of Exodus, but it's not an Exodus from a foreign nation. It's Mm -hmm. an Exodus from the curse of sin itself. Mm. And so it's actually like Jesus, you know, uh, being released of the curse of sin and, and having the ability to give life to all those who follow him to be released, to, to experience this Exodus out of sin, not Mm -hmm. from under a foreign nation, which is actually what all the people were expecting in the time of Jesus, that Rome was going to be, you know, they were that, they were the the Egypt or the Babylon of, of the day. But that, mm-hmm. um, so anyways, I, I I know I'm getting off a little bit and maybe, maybe a little too focused on Jesus today, but I don't, yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> Can you talk about Jesus a little bit less in this passage? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, it is, it is amazing though, to, to really <laughs> think, no, to really no, think no, of no. this, to really think of this theme of like, of oppression by foreign nations and then this exodus moment that happens leading up to the time of Jesus where it's oppre- there was oppression by a foreign nation but it's not the it's not an exodus out from under the hand of an oppressive nation it's an exodus out from under the curse of sin absolutely and you know i i hate for us to get ahead of ourselves but <laughs> verse 18 is such a striking verse to me oh that you had paid attention to my commandments yeah exclamation mark like Ah, oh, I yeah. wish you had listened yeah. to me. Then your peace would have been like a river. And I love that image. Like this, mm. you know, I, I think, of, I mean, maybe the Chattahoochee is like a little underwhelming. But I mean, like, I think of <laughs> We like, can go with it. Yeah. It's it, a local context. It's beautiful. It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Like, I, I think of like standing in like Ryan Moore's backyard, like yeah. looking at the Chattahoochee. It's brown and beautiful. Yeah. It's brown and beautiful. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it's this image of this power and stillness and and like you can't overcome a river you know and uh and so it's like this un like conquestable peace yeah um and, and your righteousness like the waves of the sea you know another sort of like faithful constant undefeatable motion of nature mm. and there's just this angst of like i i wish you had obeyed i wish you had listened to yeah. me that the lord is exclaiming and that just made my mind jump ahead hmm. a few pa- uh, a few chapters to a passage that we're going to read uh, in a week or two, which is, you know, all we like sheep had gone astray, each one turned to his own way, hmm. but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Like this is all heading straight towards Jesus. And I think that we really have to understand as God is talking about judgment and discipline followed by redemption the crucial pivot point that keeps even this discussion of you know discipline and trial mm. what keeps it hopeful is this servant that isaiah is getting to That's that right. the, the lord is soon gonna yeah. you know he, he's spoken of him some but he's gonna just nail it in on isaiah 53 mm. and at the end of 52 and that should you know i, I think that you really can't talk about Jesus too much, Barrett. I know you were <laughs> feeling self-conscious. But <laughs> no, but the the whole hinge point of this is, you know, when he gets to verse 20, go out from Babylon, free from Chaldea, you know, you're going to come back out of this exile. Yeah. And of course it's, he's speaking towards that on a bigger scale than even the Israelites would have imagined. Like yeah. they probably would have just heard that and thought like, oh, the Babylonian captivity is going to be temporary. Yeah. But, you know, God is, gonna unveil throughout history that Babylon and the idea of Babylon falling is just a shadow of the the fall of Satan's kingdom it's mm. the the fall of sin and death yeah and so 
there, there's a great hope that they can carry into the affliction that's coming. Um, just as we as believers who are facing opposition uh, can carry the cross and carry the resurrection hope um, into, you know, the, the lives and the, the afflictions and trials that we face. Mm. Totally. So a great word in Isaiah 48 and as numbers would have it, we will be in Isaiah 49 okay. tomorrow. So <laughs> numbers will have it. <laughs> numbers, they, they tend to work that way. Um, one at a time. So for Barrett Fisher, the great beloved Barfaccio, this is Will Carlisle and we'll see you tomorrow on our daily rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404 404- 465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.